Welcome to Two for None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. My name is Patrick Cullen. I'm here, back separated by the tyranny of distance with my delightful co-host, Chris T. Barty. Bardo, how are you, big man? What's tracking? Well, pretty well, Pat. I'm pretty well, Pat. Um, ready. <laughs> ready for... Ready to podcast. Pulled you out of bed early this morning, Bardo. It's 7.30 over in the West in the AM, and uh, you, I appreciate you pulling pulling up stumps, getting out of bed, getting caffeinated, getting on the yeah, pot. It's, it's uh, good to be, pal. It's Pat. Patty and Bardo here for breakfast. <laughs> the breakfast radio team you always wanted in your life. To be fair, we'd be great on breakfast radio. Yeah, we, yeah well, I, I, hey, I'd tune in to 100% more breakfast radio than what I listen to now. <laughs> That's the only way is up, Chris. The only way is up. Mate, big show. Always a big show with us. Uh, we're going to go straight into the shocking test defeat uh, that we suffered at the hands of India. Mm. Um uh, which was just an absolute shellacking, to be honest. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, the team's been selected for the Shrankin series, which is coming up. And a really amazing article got put in the raw by a guy called James Silver. Um, credit to James, who literally did the Moneyball stuff that I was talking about the other week. So, again, I'm pleased to see that uh, media cricketing association people out there in the world just love the pod, Chris. They're obviously big fans. They obviously take us really seriously. Um, they 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 want us in their lives. So thank you to James for doing the hard yards there. Uh, we'll have a chat about that Sri Lankan team series. There's an ODI on today, um, so we'll have a bit of a chat about the ODIs as well. Uh, Jai Singh will stop by with an Indian inter- Indian interjection, and we're out of here, Chris. I think that's going to do us for the day, big man. Uh, oh yeah, yep. We're in. We're out. We're uh, it's uh, the podcast that I'll be quicker than the Australian second innings in Sydney. You're not wrong there, mate. You're not wrong there. I'll note as well that Heidi Cheadle could not get in for a pod this week, so we'll do an extended bit of women's cricket in the next episode. Um, but B-Train, let's dive in to this test of feet, shall we, mate? Um, and just give me your overall initial thoughts, pal. Uh, well, um, my first thought was it was, a, it was a draw, um, not a defeat. Uh, rained out. Uh, I mean, it, <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, yeah. sure. Uh, I'm, uh, well, Tim Payne's clinging to that. Um, and so will... Uh, yeah, well, I guess I will. I'll cling to it. Um, look. Let me tell you, Jai Singh is not clinging no. to that in the Indian interjection to no. come. Jai Singh is well and truly viewing this as an out-and-out win. Sure. We're categorically thumped, Chris. Yep, yep. Um... Yes. You got any silver linings for me there, pal? Well, look. Standing on the look deck at the end of the, of the day, ship looking up. At the end of the day, uh, I guess at one point we had them one for ten. That was pretty good. <laughs> got an early wicket. Um, it felt good at that moment. Um, the <laughs> test really belongs to Pajara. I mean, that's obvious. Uh, mm. As you say, it was a, it was a bit of an absolute vigil. Um, 193, 373 deliveries. I think over 30 hours at the crease in the in the test series. Uh, you, we spoke about it last time. You know, all the obviously Coley was the rock star in the in the lead up. I don't know. A lot of the pre match press was about him, but to be honest, like this test series is all about Pajara, um, and he showed. And he was. I've spoken to. A- Oh, sorry, yeah, I was gonna sorry. Say, and it was, this was his uh, his magnum opus, really. Like, um. you're absolutely right, mate. It was huge, and and his numbers reflect that. You know, 520 runs at an average of 74. I mean, it's just incredible. Balls faced 1,258 which more than triples the next um, person on the list, which is Rishbar Pant, who faced 473. You know, like. Just mm. incredible. Um, there was that great post from the great cricketer, which was like, uh, turned on the cricket, went out, had a shower, got a coffee, watched Titanic, read War and Peace, went on an international trip, took a gap year, came home, Pajara was still batting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, I mean, 
you know, as I said, this test series was was all about him. Um, and I mean, you know how good he was because uh, he was a catalyst for the broadcasters essentially questioning the entire junior setup of Australian cricket and why aren't we producing yeah, wow. more players like Pajara? Uh, because, uh, you know, every every second over, someone had a stat about how when Pajara was 14 years old, he made 350-something, and when he was 12 years old, he made 300-something-something and, and batted for six hours and, and all that sort of thing. Um, whereas, it, whereas uh, you know, it's, someone sent a tweet saying, oh, well, in Australia junior cricket, you know, up until under 14, you have to retire after 20 runs and all that kind of thing. And it was, and, and, and so people were kind of throwing um, the entire setup into doubt on the basis of, of Pajara's innings. And when you do that, like, phew, that's just not defeating a, a team, that's defeating a nation. Um, yeah. And uh, you do that by batting 30 hours in a test series. Like, that, that, so that, that for me is the biggest key takeaway of, of that, uh, of the test. But that also being said, um, you know, we also saw that Agarwal's no mug. Uh, he showed again sure. um, why he's a, he's an absolute jet. Um, and um, it was great to see Rishad Pant finally get off the chain a little bit. He's shown flashes of brilliance throughout the series, but uh, uh, similarly, and but also in, in a completely different way, um, you know, this, this in many ways was uh, Rishad Pant's, Pant's uh, magnum opus, if you like, for the series. Um, you know, 159 yeah. of 189 deliveries played in, in, in typical pant fashion, just a, 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 a mile a minute. Um, but um, but also, Chris, like, what I will give those two boys real credit for, Pajara and Pant in that innings, obviously Pajara's 193 and Pant's 159 were the real features, um, eloquently supported by, as you say, Agarwal with 77 and Dadeja who chipped in with 81. Um, but all of those guys dealt so well with the short ball Pajara especially, like it just did not phase him. For for periods of the games there, Paddy Cummins and Starkey and were trying to take his freaking head mm. off. Um, and it was just completely ineffective. He just ducked and weaved. Mm. Um, and he he forced the bowlers to bowl to him. And Pant was the same. Like Pant was prepared to play a few more cross-bat shots here and there. But um, I think India's ability to face the short ball... Uh, was was very impressive. And did you notice, like, commentary teams, man, They the commentators were having as much trouble trying to figure out how to get them out as the people on the ground mm. were. Um, Warney was there being like, bounce him, bowl more short stuff. And they bowl more short stuff, or Hazel would have put a ball on a good length, and Warney would be like, you got to keep it there. More, more right there. <laughs> keep it there. And, and it's like... No one knows how to get this bloke out. You, you, you know, you see this with batsmen at the real top of their game. Like, remember when Steve Smith was was just in that real purple mm. patch, and he, like I felt genuinely sorry for bowlers bowling to him because it's like anywhere you put it, he'll do what he wants with it. Um, and Pajara was like that, except that he would just let anything go that he didn't want to touch, and it looked like the only way that he was going to get out was was if he got himself out, which is was how it ended up happening in the end. It's an extraordinary vigil and exercise and concentration. Mm, absolutely. Uh, I've had some people complain to me, Chris, though, that, that uh, it's the dullest thing they've ever watched and that this is why people don't like cricket because of blokes like Pajara who just sit there and, and nothing happens for two days. Uh, and, and I wondered if you had a thought yeah, about that. Yeah, but I think that also depends what type of side of the fence you're on. Because to be honest, if that was Manus Labashain or it was McKawaja doing the same thing, we'd be saying how magnificent it was. Um, and let's, you know, I mean, we've only got to cast our minds back to uh, the UAE where Kawaja did the same thing and basically batted for two days without doing too much to save a test match. Um, and uh, and we were all applauding him and saying what a wonderful thing that what it was and how good is test cricket. So people that are sort of making that argument, I think either are very one-eyed um, or maybe just don't fully appreciate the nuances of uh, the longer form of the game. Mate, I think, you're, I think that's a, an eloquent way to put it, Bardo. Um, I wanted to have a mention Nathan Lyon and talk about a bit of the bowling too, mate. You know Lyon in this series has bowled 242 overs? Yeah, it's insane. 242 overs. His poor fingers. 
His poor fingers, mate. And they put him in the ODI side, which is great. He deserves a chance at it for sure. He's the best bowler we have, slow bowler we have. But, I mean, that's an extraordinary amount. Just for context, um, Boomerah bowled 157 and Shami bowled 136. Like, there's nobody even close to the amount that Lino bowled. Um, Boomer and, and Lino took the same amount of wickets in the series, 21 apiece. Although, Boomer got them at 17 and Lino got them at 30. So... Gives you a real indicator of, of the dominance that India showed um, across the four tests. Well, and I mean, that's that's the thing, isn't it? Um, you know, the selection for this test, well, I mean, recently has been hard to pick, um, hard to predict what the selectors are going to do. Uh, but we did sort of float at the end of the last game um, about whether or not it may be worth uh, giving Johnny Holland a run. Um, as as the second best spinner in the country at the moment, and um, it, one of the reasons I think why that might have been worth a go is simply the the workload that Nathan Lyons Nathan Nathan Lyons had to get through over the past four tests. Not not forgetting yeah. that there's now three ODIs and two Test matches to go. Now Stark, Hayeswood, and Cummins are all, all up for a rest, and we of course you know the the toll on their body is significantly greater than the toll on Lyons. But that being sure. said, bloody hell. You know, 200 plus overs, 242 overs is is a lot, um, and um, massive. You know, it, it, it maybe would have given the Australian attack a different look. I, uh, I'm not sure, but you know, the the pace attack really didn't do too much in uh, in Sydney in the first innings. And I know it was a batsman's paradise, but um, uh, maybe a different look would have been warranted. And, mate, yeah, I, I think you might have a point there. Um, they, they obviously did go and end up with the same bowling attack. India um, closed out that innings at seven declared for 622, which was just intergalactic. Um, Starkey got one for 123. Hazelwood got two for 105. Uh, Lyon, four for 178. And you know things are bad when uh, Travis Head gets four overs and Uzi gets one as well. Um, Marnus looked okay, for a percentage of his overs, his first couple were absolutely horrendous, but his second spell wasn't bad. Um, it didn't set the world on fire either, Chris. I mean, I've been a bit perplexed by that selection, if I'm honest. Um, uh, how did you feel? What was your Lubber Shane feelings? Oh, much, much the same. Look, wish him well. Hope he does really well. Um, uh, didn't, um, as I said, didn't set the world on fire with his bowling. Um uh, Travis had Travis had bowls a little bit anyway. Um, I think it was he getting it over is pretty funny, but um. <laughs> well, that's when I knew that's when I knew we were in the poop, Chris. That's I actually posted about it on the Two for None pay- Facebook page. I was like, this is it, folks. When we've chucked Usman the ball, yeah, we've really that's 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 bottom of the barrel stuff. I mean, I mean, really, um, and that's that's you know, so. The 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 selection, you know, I think we were a little all a little bit surprised at the time. Um, I don't think he was, you know, over did anything worse than anyone in the series. Um, um, But I'm not sure that he was any um, that much better than anybody else either. Um, Mm. um, And batted okay. Um, And I'm and I'm sure we'll touch on the Australian innings in a moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think you're right there, pal. I mean, yeah, Marcus Harris, I thought did really well, um, and it was a shame he didn't click on to get a hundred, and that was the that was the highlight of the whole test yep. for me. His seventy nine off one hundred and twenty was great, um, and it showed me that 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 guy has the ability to open the batting for Australia yep. against a high quality batting bowling attack. Like he can do it, you yep. know. Hundred um, percent, um, great innings, um, a lot of composure. Um, you know, I think at times uh, he's looked kind of the uh, obviously. Oh, I mean, anyone really in comparison to Aaron Finch is going to, going to look like the defensive partner. <laughs> but I thought he, I thought he attacked well in this innings. I uh, looked really positive. You know, obviously he'll be disappointed by the the matter of his dismissal chopping on um, against Jadeja, but um, that was a one yeah. false shot that he played um, in the whole innings. And we spoke about, you know, again, in, in the last pod, uh, that uh, at the moment there was really only, you know, Nathan Lyon, Pat Cummins and Tim Payne that were guaranteed selections um, for the Sri Lanka tour. Now, obviously, the squad's been released, but 
I would say that at the moment you could probably we we've seen enough from Marcus Harris to say, yep, yeah, that's that's the guy that's going to open for us for a little while, um, which is great. So we got one more. So we got we got we got four out of eleven, which is woohoo, but really good. Um, that's slowly one. locking so, down those those teams' elections. Hooray! It's only taking us, you know, an incredible, extraordinary test of feet to get excruciating, there. Excruciating, but that seventy nine was was quality. Um, I thought Usman Usman again looked really solid for twenty seven. Um, look, he's really solid 27. We'd love it to be a solid 127, but we'll take a solid Yeah, we'll take anything, I guess. Yeah. Um, Shane, I thought was all right too. You know, 30 out of 35 yeah. again. Um, I think my reaction when I found out he was batting three was a little bit of despair, but... Um, Mine too, mate. I couldn't believe it. And look, like, I think he averages 38 in state cricket, maybe a little less. Um, so there you go. He hit that nearly on the head. I didn't think he looked bad but far out mate he's a he's a considerable step down from the other number threes of australian history um bradman ponting so on um bradman ponting labashane it doesn't it doesn't exactly roll well, off not the yet at this not point. yet we hope it we hope it will we hope it will um uh, he seems like a, a nice young lad so um look the 38 wasn't wasn't he bad does. um looked looked reasonably composed uh for, you know for for those runs and um uh Something to build on anyway. Uh, poor old Sauce. Sauce. Uh, and look, conforming to my theory, Bardo, of under 10 runs, Sauce is the worst batsman in the country. Uh, and and there you go. Well, not the worst batsman in the country. That's too mean. He's he under 10. He's a very different man. Yeah, I think that's fair. Once he gets over 10 runs, he's significantly better. But I think the Marsh brothers are set to spend a bit of time on the sidelines following this test. Yeah, series. I think you're right. I... Uh, um you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the great man, but um, one gets the feeling with the recent uh, uh, announcement of the test team that that may have been Sean Marsh's last innings for Australia. We've said that before, though. So, uh, and he comes back every time. He rises like the phoenix. Um, <laughs> so, just to give you some context there, Bardo, he's got 183 runs at 26 in four innings, um, which really... It isn't good. Yeah, enough, it's not. It's not. It's frankly. not ideal, is it? Um, I mean, none of the top six have been particularly good this this series. But um, th- that being said, you know, if we're if we're looking towards uh, the future, not even an Ashes series because we've only got the games against Sri Lanka, don't we? And then we're straight into an Ashes. So um, they they yeah. really have to kind of find find out who that team's going to be. They've got two Test matches to do it. Um, uh, so you know uh, that that's fine. Um, Travis said. Chris, can I can I take a moment just to say that this test series loss has made me so nervous about the Ashes, pal. Can I just say how nervous I am about the no, Ashes? You can. You, you can. You absolutely. Like um, us versus England in England. Yeah. Right now, we, and we've shown we're susceptible. We're at the moment we're susceptible to quality pace bowling. Um, yeah, so, which we're usually good at, and now we're really bad oh, at. Well, we're you know, a, a swinging ball, um, the swinging duke. Um, let's not forget that we, where was it? Trent Bridge, we got bowled out for 60 uh, in 2015. So, um, um, and that was really good batting lineup. Lineup, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, uh, it doesn't fill your heart with joy. No, so we'll, we'll see it? how we go. Um, could be a few lulls. There could be a hero in there, Pat. There could be a hero in there. There could be you a know? hero, Chris. Koski could be the man. Um, could be the man. I'll tell you what. Sorry, back to this test. Selections. Oh, yeah. Look, go, I go, feel go. for this next man. I just... What are you... You're Peter Hanscom. Hanscom. Right? You, the, the last time we had a massive test selection overhaul, right, was the uh, against South Africa, right? And the the day-night mm-hmm. test. And Peter Hanskin was part of that massive overhaul, right? He was brought in, he, and he did really well to begin with. Um, so a couple of, uh, I think, a century on uh, uh, in the opening series, uh, and in his opening series. And um, fast forward, uh, you know, two years or, or, or whatever it is, and um, all of a sudden, he finds himself on the other end of a massive overhaul, and. Again, we, we were a little bit surprised at the start of the series that he was selected because he'd found himself on the outer. 
Um, he was then dropped with everybody saying he's got the, the a technique that doesn't fit well cricket and, and he was like he was some sort of pariah. Dropped for the Sydney Test, then inexplicably picked again, right? Actually makes, a, a, again, a, a reasonable 37 for, uh, you know, as good as anybody else in the top six. Bats for a very long period mm. of time, you know, values his wicket, doesn't give it away. And then he's... And adjusted his and adjusted technique, his technique from previous games. And now he's out of the side again. Like, I, you, oh, you've got to feel for the guy. Like you, you, and he's. But, he's, but by the way, but by the way, you're also playing the one day on on the weekend. Um, like, yeah. what, 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 what must be going through that poor bloke's mind at the moment? I, I don't know. Um, it's, uh, it's frustrating. But again, like for, like all the other uh, Australian batsmen throughout the series, made a reasonable thirty-seven. You know. Um, I, yeah. I think that's almost going to be the uh, the tagline to the series, you know, a decent made a reasonable made thirty-seven. A reasonable 37. Um, oh, you're you're absolutely right, though, mate. It's sending incredibly mixed messages. I mean, the same goes for we've talked about it before, but Mitchell Marsh being named vice captain and then not being selected in the side, getting selected in the side and then doing a really average job and getting dropped again. Um, I was a big. I was calling for Hanscom to be dropped after the Perth Test um, because I didn't think his technique was up to it. And and he, to his credit, he went and made some adjustments and came back and looked a lot better. Um, but you're right, Chris. Absolutely bizarre. The toing and froing, it it doesn't make much sense. Um, and it's and it's difficult to understand where their heads are at on the selection table. I mean, and just looking at that top six, I said this to you in private, but it's one of the weakest looking top sixes I think I've ever seen. Um, Harris, you know, the four tests to his name. Kawaja, a wonderful batsman, but has been really patchy in this series. Labashane averages 33 in state cricket. Sauce under 10 is dodgy. Trav Head has done well, but has been found wanting. And Peter Hanscom, who's recently overcome a technical deficiency. So... You know, the, the rapid decline of the quality of the Australian batting lineup has been such a slide. It feels like, you know, Chris, uh, in my day job, I work as a medic sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, a, a medic, and I go out to cadet camps and I work on cadet camps uh, and I treat kids for first aid. Uh, on one recently, this kid who was six foot eight um, slipped over on a boulder fell his legs went out from underneath mm. him and he fractured his coccyx uh, and we had to get him out of there and this poor kid could only stand or lie flat on the ground but the reason i mention it is he had his legs taken out from underneath him and broke his butt <laughs> and that's how i feel about, <laughs> about the australian battle line we've broken our butt <laughs> we've broken our butt chris we've got a broken, broken butt, butt. Yep. and it's not good Paddy Cummins, again, proved that he has a real real quality at number eight, making 25. Starkey was very impressive with 29 not out. Uh, Lino caught a duck off the bowling of Yadav. And we should probably mention Kuldeep Yadav, Chris, the uh, left arm leg spinner uh, who got five for 99 and was wily. Um, Bonafide wily. Um, don't mm. see a lot of left arm leg spin. Um, and this, this guy is an excellent proponent of it. Yeah, I love a Chinaman. Um, <laughs> love a Chinaman. I think it's great. Um, um, yeah, look, just genuine concerns. Joshy Hazelwood with 21 too, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. That, that's Backing away every ball, trying to just smash stuff over cover. Well, I love it. a strategy. It's a strategy, isn't it? Um, <laughs> At least you had a plan. Well, I mean, in terms of the, in terms of the Indian bowling as well, look as you say, it was really cool, Deep Yadav. That was the uh, that was the uh, the man um, for the Indians, five for ninety nine, the chief destroyer. Um, you know, uh, the others, uh, Boomer and Co, were were dangerous as always. Um, uh, but yeah, and you know what else, Chris? Lack of sundries there is really impressive. Yeah, you know they had they had five wides, two leg buys, four buys. They had eleven extras. You know that's that's nothing. Um, extras have cost us quite a lot recently. Um, and it, you know, disciplined bowling performance, variation in the attack. You've got a a, a off spinner like Jadeja 
at one end and Yadav turning it and doing unpredictable stuff at the other. Um, Boomerah with his slingy action, uh, bowling real pace and Shami swinging it around a bit. I mean, it's a really solid bowling attack. And, and we weren't up to it, pal. We weren't up to it. Australia got bowled out for 300, uh, 322 runs in her ears and were sent back in. The follow-on was enforced. Uh, Kawaja made four, Harris made two, and the rest of it was a rain delay um, as the match got rained off. Australia losing the series 2-1, India retaining the Boulder Gavaskar trophy. I predicted 2-1 at the start of the series, Chris, and I had that right, but it's had the, uh, the old result in, yeah. in the wrong yeah. order. Uh, I made a prediction. I can't remember what it is. Um, but uh, uh, look, uh, the summer of uncertainty, Pat, rolls on, doesn't it? The summer of uncertainty rolls on. Yeah. What is certain, though, is that India are a quality cricket team. Um, there's no doubt about that. And, and look, as, as much as Australia is going through a period of uh, development and, and, and finding, finding out where it sits... Uh, there's no doubt at the moment that, that India are one of the premier teams in, in world cricket. Um, and a, a maiden series victory, of course, in Australia. Um, much made of that. Um, you know, they took their opportunity, didn't they? And, 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 that's, and that's all Absolutely. you can do. So um, full, full credit to Coley and his, uh, his men. Um, it's been a pleasure to watch them, actually, um, and, and, learn, and learn a True. lot more about, uh, about the way that... Uh, things are happening in, in Indian cricket um, and uh, look I, I'm looking forward to the, to the one days and uh, oh you know um, let's see what happens against Sri Lanka yeah and mate look what I also wanted to mention was how good a spirit these series was played in do you remember the last time we played India in India and it was really hot-headed? There was a lot of argy-bargy. Coley said he was never going to talk to the Australian players again. It was all... Everyone was up in arms. I, I thought they played in a really good spirit. There was some really funny sledging. Um, it was, yeah, I thought it was really... It was a great series to watch. Um, it was just unfortunate to be on the on the other side of such a shellacking, such a monumental pasting. Um, yeah, I mean, you say that, but uh, I mean, um, the Adelaide Test was reasonably close. I mean, we only only lost that by by thirty one runs, and and probably had opportunities to go ahead in that game. Um, and then, of course, we won the Perth Test. So, um, well, I, I'm not sure that I necessarily agree that with Tim Payne's assessment that uh, this game was a you know a draw in the truest sense. Um, <laughs> it definitely wasn't the tied test. Yeah, Chris. Well, it wasn't tell a, you what, it wasn't a tied <laughs> test. Um, that's right. But, uh, you know, um, you certainly take something from Adelaide and Perth. Um, Melbourne, as you say, was a comfortable, comfortable victory for, for India and, and, and they, they'd want that time again. Um, and, uh, and Adelaide, you know, clearly just really lost the game from the toss. Uh, well, not a loss, but fell behind from the toss. Um, and uh, that being said, I think you know there are, as we as we said before, there are some positives to, to take out of this for for the Australian team. I, I mean, I think um, the form of Nathan Lyon again is something to um, be really pleased with and hang our hat on. I mean, he, he looked uh, as good as anybody in um, throughout stages of this of the series. Um, the arrival of Marcus Harris as a bona fide yep. international opener is yep. great news, um, and hopefully the Test century is not too far away for, for him. And and once that happens, then you've 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 got a Test opener um, for certain. Um, although it looks like he's going to get a, a look in for a little while. Um, I have no idea who who they're going to partner him with um, for the Sri Lankan Test, whether it's Burns, Renshaw, or some other uh, 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 concoction. Um, uh, the uh, so that, that's all positive. Pat Cummins is obviously another huge positive. Um, he, he bowled well, he batted well, he fielded well. Um, so that's all, that's all that's good stuff. Hazelwood was serviceable. Um, so there are it's, it's not a complete disaster. Um, as you say, at the end of the day, Australia was just beaten um, by by the premier team in world cricket at the moment. And look, Justin Langer basically said the same thing, Chris. He was like, "We just got to get better." Yeah. We just got to get better every day. We just got to try harder, and we just got to get better. And and I really enjoyed that. He did a seventeen minute press conference, JL, following the end of that test, and it has a particularly fiery interchange. If you haven't seen it yet, with a reporter about Glenn yeah. Maxwell, um, where he ends up actually apologising to him for getting grumpy. But um, he's. I, I thought that was that was really good, mate. And look like 
we were going to record the pod on Wednesday and we weren't able to. Um, and that ended up being a blessing in disguise because the test series team for the Sri Lankan side got announced just after that. And there is some, it's a big amount of change, Chris. Um, just looking at it, you know, Payne, Hazelwood, vice captain. And then we've got Burns, Cummins, Marcus Harris, Travis Head, Usman Kawaja, Marnus Labuschagne, Nathan Lyon, Will Pukowski, Matt Renshaw, Mitchell Stark, Peter Siddle. The big inclusions there being Pukowski, uh, Joe Burns, and Matt Renshaw, um, which is kind of massive, Chris, especially Pukowski. Mm. Um, very, very young man, uh, made obviously a, a 200 and a 180, I think, in the Shield this year, um, averaging a, a huge amount uh, which we mentioned the other week, but so young Chris and actually withdrew himself from a couple of games uh, because of mental health concerns that he had for himself following his his debut there. So um, kind of a dramatic about face, mate. What did you make of that team selection? Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly um, wholesale changes. I remarked to you during the week that uh, I've obviously got the Cricket Australia app on my phone and um, it sends me push notifications and um, I would really just like a, to get a push notification from Cricket Australia that doesn't start with the word selection shock. Because um, <laughs> you just look at that and go, oh, bloody, bloody hell. Um, oh, but, boy. Um, the, this, look, the Australian test squad for the Warren Merlithran Trophy has some has some new names in it. I mean, first of all, Joey Burns. Hooray! Hello. Thank. That's Hooray. the correct decision. Yeah, that man is in form. Um, and you know what? And I went and watched uh, the Scorchers play the Heat at Perth Stadium the other day. And do you know who oh, yeah. guided the Heat home for victory? Joey Burns. Joey Burns. So it's good. Great. He's in form. Brilliant. Um, Tim Payne. Not a problem. He's the captain. That's good. He's wicket keeping well. More runs would be nice, but that's fine. Um, Pat Cummins, great, easy. Marcus ha- Marcus Harris, great, easy, done. Hazelwood, simple decision. Travis Head, okay. We're, we're sticking okay. with. <laughs> we're sticking with. Hope he does well. Okay. Hope he does well. And yeah. look, he had some, uh, you know, had uh, a good test match in Adelaide and um, looked okay throughout patches in the Indian series. Hopefully not too far away from a breakthrough. Usman Kawaja, fine. Also fine. Uh, captain of Queensland um, had that great innings in uh, in the UAE, and uh, again has looked solid for the runs he's made. We just love him to kick on. He will. It'll be fine. Yes. Labuschagne. All right. Labuschagne. <laughs> uh, I mean, sure. I, 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 I guess. Sure. I mean, Pickens... So, okay, keep going. I've got a point to make, but keep going. You're uh, lavish. Uh, look, clearly a talented young batsman. Um, has done well for Queensland without... As we've said, average not in the 40s. We'd, we'd love him to average in the 40s. But, you know, can bowl some leg spin. Um, I don't think that's the reason. You shouldn't... If you're picking a batsman because he bowls leg spin, that's a problem. Um yeah. But uh, again, made a you know you know like didn't give his wicket away uh, uh, against uh, India okay. and looked okay when he, with the bat. So, all right, fine, fine. cool. Nathan Lyon, easy done. First man picked. Um, Will Pukowski, look, made the point earlier uh, that uh, what what did we what did we say? Uh, Tendulkar was picked for India at sixteen. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. And Ricky Ponting made his debut for Australia, I think, at 21, maybe? Um, Mm. I could be wrong. Bukowski's just turned 20. Could be wrong there. He's about to turn 21. But the point that I'm making is, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Um, So whilst we do discuss a lot on this podcast about making fact-based selections in terms of the number of runs someone scored and, you know, their their shield form and all that kind of thing um, over a sustained period of time and not picking batsmen over talent. The fact is, if you genuinely think he's one of the top six batsmen in the country at the moment, I'm fine with him being selected. His, his age is not a preclusion. As you said, he's, um, and, and we've talk, talked about in, the, in, in earlier episodes when we were doing the Shield rounds, um, he's made a lot of runs. Um, so, 
Okay. Mate, he made a lot of runs. 588 runs from eight innings. He's averaging 49 in first-class cricket. Um, so you've got to give him that. Some really big scores here too. 243 versus Western Australia um, when he's playing for the Vicks. He got an 88 um, for the under-23s Vicks. 188 Victoria versus Queensland. 207 for the under-23s versus WA. So And a 65 there too, plus a couple of 50s in and around there. Um, recently got a 67 versus uh, West Australia in Melbourne. So look, the kid can back for sure. By all accounts, he's got a very uncomplicated technique. I've seen the highlights of his 243. Um, and, and look, that's the sort of big runs that you were talking about, Chris, in relation to that's Pachara right. as, a, as a junior player. That's um, right. Have, in your memory, can you remember blokes being introduced into the test side with eight, for then with fewer than 10 first-class matches and having... Long careers. Look, no one jumps immediately to mine, but I, I, I know that Steve Smith, when he made his, his test debut, hadn't hadn't played an awful lot of first cr- class cricket from from memory, um, mm. and uh, of course the pup. How could we forget? Um, oh, uh, was yeah. it, was, I think he may have been twenty three and had a few more uh, few more games on the on the board. But um, uh, look, it certainly happened before. Um, uh, and it will happen again. We might have to do, to, uh, do some research there, Pat, and, and pop a status up on the old Facebook page. But um, again, I, I, it's not a, it's not a, it's not his age isn't a preclusion to me. And I think the other point that this kind of this kind of uh, uh, brings to light is that whilst it is possible for someone to play Test fifty over and twenty twenty cricket. The mindset and the skill set that's required to play each version of the game is different, um, mm. and uh, and whilst you can play all three versions of the game, um, no doubt about it, um, you know it's it's almost in the same way that you you know you don't take a Mack truck around a Formula One you know track you know do you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. You don't bring a knife to a gun. That's fight, right. That's right. So, um, look, hopefully, uh, uh, look, again, hopefully the young man does really well and we're, and we're all really excited to see what he can do. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Just, uh, my, sorry, go ahead. You're right. You go. Well, my, my thought was my, my only concern for the for the poor fella, well, not the poor fella, he's been selected in the Australian test side to play Sri Lanka. Like, that's freaking awesome. And I'm sure he's, like, on top of the world. Um and he should be, and he deserves a spot to be there. If you ask me, in terms of like his numbers, for sure. Um, but he's got to take care of his mental health too. And I don't want to turn into his dad here because um, I'm not. I'm not your dad, Will Pukowski, Um, But it's it's a thing to note, and it, and it shows incredible clarity of mind and uh, knowledge of self that he went and took some time away from cricket when things started to get too full on for him. Being in the Australian setup is going to be bloody full on. Um, and my, my humble thought is that, you know, leaving the kid in, in Victorian cricket for a little while longer, giving him a bit more experience at, at that level before bumping him to the top flight may have been a way to go. But they obviously believe he's he's the best kid to go for, and he's got the yeah, stats. So, so power to him. Absolutely. Look, and I, I I think that's right. I, I I think the decision that he made to step away, without knowing the particulars of the thing, I think is incredibly um, brave and and um and, and shows a lot of foresight. Um, uh, uh, what I would say is that um, uh, the Australian selectors and the medical team uh, and the doctors and the support staff wouldn't let him play unless they felt he was right to go. So, yeah, so, right. and that's where you, you just have to put your faith in the support staff there. Um, so, wish him all the best. Um, Matty Renshaw yeah. is back. Um, uh, back in business. Uh, I don't Interesting, mind Look, I, I don't mind it. Um, you know, he had a really, again, I felt a, a positive start to his test career. Bit of a lean trot, I think, when they went uh, to the uh, subcontinent. Um but everybody mm. has a bloody lean trot on the subcontinent, mate. Um, hasn't set the world on fire in Shield, shield Cricket of late. Um, no, I think he's averaging 19 this season. Yeah, which is not, not ideal. Um, but again, if uh, if you think he's the guy, then all right. Um, also very young. This is There are a lot of young players in this, in this squad. Um, so they're clearly maybe going for a bit of generational change. Um, yeah. Hey, Diddle Diddle, Peter Siddle. Um, he's hey. back. Um, he's back. Uh, I'm going to stick my neck out and say I 
disagree with this selection. Um, yep. Again, I like Peter Siddle. I think he's a great character. I think he's a lovely bloke. I think he's he bowls with a lot of heart and bowls with a lot of courage in uh, in uh, you know years gone by. I mean, who can forget the hat trick at the Gabba? Um, yep, yep, love a birthday hat trick. Uh, the Banana Man. Um, <laughs> the Peter Siddle's the a vegan. Only reason for those I, the only reason I, the only reason I disagree with this selection is because. Um, Chris, I feel like Chris Tremaine deserves an opportunity. Um, I don't yeah. understand why yeah. he's not being picked for this squad and why he's not being looked at for uh, for the Ashes, particularly given how deadly he's been in Shield cricket over the past couple of years, and that the knock on Peter Siddle recently was that he was not as express as he once was. I don't think Peter Siddle's got any faster. So, but maybe they maybe they've taken a different tack to it. I don't quite understand, um, mate. Just for just for a bit of stats brilliance, there, our mate Tremaine has got 157 wickets at 20 uh, across the last four Shield seasons. He got 51 in 2017-18 and one player at the tournament. Um, so you know he's in quite extraordinary form. Uh, and giving a bloke like like don't get me wrong, we all love Peter Siddle. He's a really great guy um, uh, from all accounts. But he's really on the way out. He's not on the way up. It, you know, with all these young kids they've got in there in the batting lineup, Redshaw and Pukowski clearly looking for, you know, 2020, 2021, 2022, um, developing a side. Peter Siddle doesn't give you that. And, and, you know, you could say, make the argument that bringing, having him around the group, he's a level yeah, head, true. he's an older fella, he's done this all before. But you've got that from Lyon, you've got that from Hazelwood, you've got it from um, Payne and Kawaja. So do you really need an extra bloke who's largely going to be the 12th man running around and doing that as well? I don't know. Would have been a great opportunity to see Scotty Boland or Tremaine or um, one of the blokes from South Australia coming in and having a crack. Uh, uh, this pundit says maybe. Yeah, look, I, I think if you're Chris Tremaine, uh, I mean, they would have, um, I hope you, you'd hope they would have let him know what he's got to, got to work on. I, I would have thought that it would have been his time, to be honest, particularly if, you, if you're worried about the bodies of, of Lyon, Stark and Hazelwood. Um, sorry, uh, uh, Cummins, Stark and Hazelwood. Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins. Um, you yeah. know, this is, as you said, you know, he's got a, an average of 20 and over 150 wickets. Like, what more do you want from the guy? What do you want? I don't quite understand, but um, yeah, no, either. And you know, he's not a bad bat either. He's not. He's not great, but he's not bad. Um, so it got an interesting game coming up here, Chris. Uh, there's there's going to be a a tour match, a three day tour match, pink ball, mm. um, which will be a cricket Australia eleven side to face Sri Lanka, and it's basically going to turn into a bat off between uh, those three blokes, between Harris, Kawaja, and Head are likely to retain their places, while Burns, Renshaw, Minus, Labashane, and Pakovsky are going to be um, batting it out for a spot in the side. Um, Joe Burns is captaining this side. Curtis Patterson is his 2IC. Uh, Jake Doran's got the gloves. Uh, Scotty Boland, John Holland, uh, Marnus, Michael Nessa, Bukowski, Jason Sanger, uh, Renshaw and Tremaine make up the rest of that bowling and and batting side. So uh, that's going to be a fascinating three-day game. Um, Of course, Sri Lanka coming off the back of a, a wild test series full of big runs, Big wickets um, against the Kiwis. So, uh, going to be a really interesting one there. Shout out to uh, Mr. Michael Wood, uh, my Kiwi friend currently in New Zealand, who make, made me wanted to mention that uh, that incredible test series that's been going on with the Kiwis, Chris. So, a uh, lot to take in there, mate. Um, and I, I wanted to quickly talk to pal, about this Moneyball article that got released on the Raw. Uh, you haven't read it, folks, then, then check it out. It's on the Two For None Facebook page. This bloke, uh, what's his name, Uh, James Silver, credit to him, he sat down and he crunched the numbers. And what he did was he did a weighted average um, for bowlers and batsmen across the last four Shield seasons. Moneyball being the idea that you pick players based on their statistics and statistics alone, popularized by the film of the same name um, about a baseball side in the States. And given where our cricket team is at, I think it's a pretty good idea. So what he did was he he multiplied... I won't go through the math because it's too boring, but basically he got the averages from the last four seasons for each player and he graded them, made the seasons more recently worth more 
um, and added them together to get a weighted average for each, picking five batsmen, four bowlers, uh, a all-rounder and a keeper. And the team that he comes out with is a really interesting one. Um, the team that he comes out with is, at the bottom of the page, uh, the Moneyball predicted squad for Sri Lanka ends up being Harris, Kawaja, Sean Marsh, Peter Hanscom, Glenn Maxwell, Matty Wade, Nessa, Cummins, Tremaine, Lyon, Hazelwood. Um, the notable uh, removals there are Starkey and uh, Tim Payne. But when you look at the numbers that stack up for each of those players, Chris, it makes a lot of sense. Um, he, obviously, Smith and Warner top the weighted averages, but they can't play. Uh, Kawaja's got 55, Harris 47, Maxwell 46, Marsh 46, Hanscom 45. Um, given Hanscom's change of form, him and Burns are very, very close. 0.02% separates those two players. Uh, so that... That's it. Boom. You look at those averages and you go, boom, these are the best players of the last four seasons. Bring them in. Um, the same goes for Cummins, Tremaine, and Hazelwood as the quicks. Uh, Hazelwood and, and Starkey only just separated there. Lyon, obviously, way ahead. The interesting one for me, Chris, was Nessa was, is our number one all-rounder. Um, far beating out the likes of Marsh um, and uh, Stoinis. Uh, even even Starkey's on that list. So, uh, what did you make of all of that, pal? Well, how yeah, did you, the, how did you feel um, about it? Certainly a compelling, um, compelling article, wasn't it? Um, some really interesting points. I think the selection of Michael Nice is a really interesting one, or the hypothetical selection of Michael Nice is a really interesting one. Um, you know, and, and not someone that's been um, sort of forefront of our of our minds in terms of the discussions, unless you're from Queensland, of course. Um, shout out David yeah. Barber. It was a compelling. It was a compelling article. As a, and it look it, first of all, in terms of the bowling attack, it, it supports the argument that uh, Chris Tremaine is very stiff to not be uh, to at least be getting a look in, into the squad. Um, in terms of the in terms of the fast bowling as well, you know, I I, I think the the use of bowling averages is um, obviously a valid statistical measure, but I would also be interested to see what would happen if you factored in the bowlers strike rates so um okay. how quickly they are able to uh remove uh you know batsmen in terms of you know the number of balls it takes them per wicket um the reason why i'm i'd be interested in that as kind of a, a secondary statistic that perhaps you could cross-reference um is because um we know in the most recent Indian series, obviously when guys like Pajara and Co just batted for horrendously long periods of time, um, the uh, that it meant that the bowlers had to spend a, a really, really long period of time out there. Um, and um, obviously, you know, the idea being that the, the shorter amount of time that you can bowl, um, then hopefully the longer you, you can bat. Uh, and uh, or, or you know the, the less amount of time you, you spend out on the wicket, the less energy you expend. So I'd be interested to kind of have that as a cross reference in terms of the fast bowlers um, and perhaps the spinners as well, but but to a less lesser degree. Um, I think you might see a slight shuffling in the, in the order if that if that was the case. Um, be interested to find out what those bowlers' strike rates have been. Um, I thought the, the batting comparisons were also um, pretty interesting, but nothing that we didn't really um, already know um, in terms of in terms of the batsman's performances. Um, the only other point, again, I, I'd make in terms of where averages can be a little bit false um, is that uh, they can often be propped up by one big score, one or two big scores. Sure. And I, and, the, and I think that that was kind of the case with Maxwell a little bit last year. I think he made that one, he had that one uh, epic. Yeah, 250 um, or whatever it was. Um, yeah. And then whilst the rest of his Shield season wasn't poor by any means, it's not as if there was four or five hundreds going back to back to back. Um, so um, that would be something where I, I, if we're taking the money ball approach, um, uh, I totally, again, I think that the use of averages is a really good start, but I'd be interested in extrapolating that a little bit more. Um, and, and having a look at some of the other score, the, the other statistical measures, Pat, do we look at the mode, the median uh, score oh. uh, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and go from there? I, I, think, I think you can go pretty deep down the rabbit hole with this one. And 
I think you're right, mate. I, I, I think what, what I like about it, though, is that a lot of the changes to the test side that have been called for by the public are, are largely reflected in there. The biggest one being Maxwell, who I do feel has been largely stiffed. Um, the selection of, of Labuschagne over Maxwell is a tough one for me to to wrap my head around. Um, don't get me wrong, he's a problematic character, Glenn, and we'd all love it if he just was just more consistent and better. But um, at the end of the day, if we're just looking at, at averages across the last couple of seasons, Maxwell yeah. averages 40 in first-class cricket and, and, and hits that, and hits that requirement. I don't know that you can bat him at no. three like you did with Minus, but... Um, I think it does, given the state of the test team currently, the distinct lack of experience, and and the fact that we had a, a MCG test versus um, India, you know, I, I think that he probably did deserve a crack there um, and consider himself pretty hard done by. The same, as we've mentioned, does go for Tremaine. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in the selection of Nessa. Yeah. Nessa, sorry. Um, you know, they make the point in the article that if you don't follow cricket, uh, state cricket especially too closely, you, you may not have, have, have come across him too much. But And we definitely haven't mentioned him on the pod. He's been batting at eight. He opens the batting. He's got 312 runs at 52. Yeah. Um, 13 wickets at 32 in the 18-19 shield. So, I mean, that's that's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, it's a- um, and having an average of 52 batting at eight is incredible. Yeah, it's compelling, isn't it? Um, as I said, a really intriguing article. I, I think a great job uh, putting it up. Um, the, I, I, as I said, you're right. I think Nice is the one who really jumps off the page where you sort of go, oh, hang on. We haven't thought about that before. And it might give us a different look uh, as well going into yeah. uh, going into an Ashes series. So, you know, someone that isn't that widely uh, uh, you know, publicized, I suppose. Uh, although, you know, if you play... You know, I'm sure in cricketing circles, people would be knowing would know how good Michael Neeser is. I, he's, I'm pretty confident he's played some white ball cricket for Australia. Um, yeah, I think that's um, right. so. That's that's an interesting one in and of itself, um, for sure. It could be Flintoff esque. Flintoff esque. Oh, and I, you know, I, I say that because he he bowls quite quick, and he swings the ball quite significantly. Um, so I hope I hope I hope he gets on the plane uh, for the for the UK tour. At this point, I think reading those statistics, it's it's really as you say, leaping off the page at me. But folks, really worth a look. The article is on our Facebook page, and I highly recommend you you check it out. Um, but oh, we should finally mention as well uh, before we throw it a jai um, that there is a ODI happening today. Uh, the side for that is Finch, Carey, Kawaja, Sean Marsh, Hanscom, uh, Stoinis, Maxwell, Lyons, Siddle, Richardson, Berendorf. Uh, the Dorf. Uh, very pleased to see the Dorf in and around it. I'm loving the retro uniforms. But, you know, this is this is where the state of Cricket Australia right now, having been thumped uh, by the Indians in the last test, um, in the full knowledge that we're probably going to get pumped again today uh, in all likelihood uh, with, you know, India's side being so outrageously powerful. Cricket Australia went, how can we get people to come to this game? Uh, we're whacking in, in a uniform from a time we were really good at one-day cricket uh, when Alan Border was knocking around. And we'll see if people well, don't turn up to I'm see the sure, I'm pretty sure the mid-80s was the last time that Australia was distinctly average, actually. Uh, oh, good point. Maybe it's just looking to to match one with that's the other. Right. We're just gonna we're just gonna double down <laughs> on it. We're just gonna really double um, down. Yeah, look, interesting team, isn't it? Um, excited to see Jason Berendorf. I think it's great. I think that's a brilliant yep. selection. Um, uh, I have love Jai Richardson Jai too. Great. Jai's he's great. He's interesting. Um, I tell you, oh, they should just put the Scorchers line up in there, mate. Uh, I think oh, uh, AJ Ty's unlucky to miss. Coulter Niles unlucky to miss. Um, <laughs> Coulter Niles unlucky um, to miss. I, I think that uh, Coulter Niles will, will find himself on the plane to the, to the World Cup later in the year. Um, I, again, I, it sounds like I'm ragging an awful lot on Peter Siddle. I really don't mean to. Um, I think that if if you'll find that if Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins, Coulter Niles um, are all fit. Uh, Siddle probably wouldn't find himself in the team, um, but good on him. Hope he does well. Um, uh, hope he, you know, feeds me a big old banana pie. Um, 
and uh, banana humble pie humble banana pie um <coughs> yep, so yep, yep. um y- yeah look weird team but uh weird team man weird team uh also i love the, i love the fact that uh you know two of the bat- batsmen that were the most maligned during the test series and have now been dropped as part of the test team have been selected in the one day squad to play two days later <laughs> but in Martian, Martian Hanscom. Yeah. And then a bloke you couldn't get a look, look in for pretty undisclosed reasons, Maxwell, makes up the end of the batting yeah. and order. And then Kawaja, who's Finch. never been picked for... Well, who rarely gets picked for an ODI, all of a sudden he's... Because apparently he's too slow and not active enough. Um, now finds himself probably at number three. Nathan Lyon, who hasn't got a game in the ODI side for years, finds himself as the spinner. Yeah. I mean, I'm not opposed to that one, except for the fact that he's bowled 242 overs, which is the equivalent of five entire ODI innings over the course of the last like month or so. So, oh, it's just strange, Chris. I'm really, I'm really struggling to wrap my head around this one. Um, I hope, I hope we we find ourselves on the next pod after the ODI series, just chewing humble pie like nobody's business, Bardo. That's that's what I really Pat, I hope. Have a, I have a theory. Um, I have a oh theory. yeah, I love this. I did some, uh, did some really in-depth research during the week and um if you go to dictionary.com and uh-huh. google the word cricket uh it comes up with the cricket being a noun and it says that any of several jumping ortho orthopterous insects of the family family gorilla day uh characterized by long antenna uh stridulating organs on the forewings of the male um, as one of the species commonly found in pastures or meadows or on small trees <laughs> and shrubs. Um, now, I have a theory that there was an email snafu and um, uh, the Australian cricket selectors who are normally the uh-huh. folks that decide which crickets come to Australia and the manner in which they come <laughs> accidentally I think there might have been an email snafu uh, I think that uh, they've received uh, instructions to select um, the Australian cricket team so then batch the next batch of crickets to come into the country <laughs> and they were given a list of names uh, and numbers uh, averages if you will and I think they might have uh, mistaken those averages for uh, the length of an antennae and <laughs> hind legs and uh, thoraxes and said, oh, okay. It's unusual that they're given names because normally it's, you know, cricket A1X, cricket 2-1X. Um, but this is fun. This is a fun change. Um, you know, just lightening up the... the uh, the cricket selection world and they've picked a team um which has then got sent back to cricket australia uh which they thought was the national body looking after crickets but it's actually the sport cricket uh and that's how we've come to be where we are um it's the wrong cricket selectors that are selecting the cricket team meanwhile there is a just a plague of insects on its way um running a rampant uh, unchecked um, because they've been <laughs> selected by Trevor Holmes to come into the country. Um, Who will get out the insecticide? That is the big question of two for none. Uh, thank you, B-Man. You make an excellent point. <laughs> Let's throw to Jai Singh for an Indian interjection. Hello, this is the final Indian interjection for the test summer. I'm not sure whether I'll be here for the ODI series. My contract might be renewed, but I'm not sure I've got enough jokes in so far to meet the two-for-one quota. So we'll see how we go with this one. Firstly, I've got to make an acknowledgement of an error. I did state in my previous interjection that only uh, England, South Africa and West Indies had one series in Australia. It turns out after a bit more research, New Zealand won the 1985-86 series. Well, Richard Hadley won it and a few of his mates showed up as well. So I did want to issue that correction uh, in case any New Zealand podcast listeners start complaining 
which will probably happen at some point in the next five years when New Zealand gets the internet. So India ended up winning the series, which probably didn't surprise anyone, but I'm an eternal pessimist, so I was a little surprised. Um, this is the uh, first time India's ever won a series in Australia. The only caveat that you have to uh, acknowledge is that uh, India did win against the weakened Australia with Smith and Warner not in. But as they say, you can only win against the team you play. For India, this is the culmination of a journey really that started in 2003 when Saurabh Ganguly's side first started the uh, tradition of India actually being able to compete in Australia. In 1999-2000, they got hammered 3-0 and just didn't even look up to test standard. 2003-04 was the first time the mighty batting lineup with Sehwag, Tendulkar, Dravid, Lakshman, Ganguly came to Australia and showed that India could put up big runs. The trouble in that series was that the bowlers just weren't able to compete and it was basically a matter of you had to score 500 in the first innings in order to win. This time the fast bowlers came with considerable hype and for the first time ever lived up to it. India's fast bowlers took 48 wickets at 21.62, striking at one wicket every 49.6 balls. These are all-time great figures for fast bowlers. Australia's, with home ground advantage, took 40 at 30.9 with a strike rate of 65.4. It's pretty much unheard of for India's bowlers to have comprehensively outbowled the opposition, let alone an attack that's as good as Australia's. The other unprecedented uh, phenomenon was that India's batsmen did better with cross-bat shots, averaging more than 60, as opposed to Australia's, who averaged less than 20. So we had the very, very unusual situation of India's bowlers basically being able to bounce Australia out while the batsmen feasted on short pitch deliveries. The times really have changed. Unlike 2003, this was a success built on the bowlers. The batsmen made tough runs, but India's victory was due to the fact that they could get 20 wickets every match except for rain. Chetajra Pujara showed the value of a test match technique in the T20H. This is a good development, not only for Indian cricket, but for test cricket in general. The fact that the whole public, Indian and I think Australian as well, could get behind an old-fashioned accumulator shows that the old test match spirit hasn't quite died yet. And Virat Kohli batted time as the support act and showed kids that although you get your riches and your fame from T20, the best batsmen in the world, they all want to make runs and bat time and show that they can avoid all the skills. Pujara actually faced the fourth highest number of balls for any batsman in a series of four matches or fewer, which leads some statistical credence to the anecdote that he basically batted the whole series. The only two batsmen above him this century in terms of balls faced in a four match or fewer series are Rahul Dravid and Osta Cook. So that gives a measure of how adhesive he was at the crease. 1,258 balls is more than 200 overs. So if he was batting at both ends, that basically means the Australians bowled at him and him alone for two and a half days. That's why there was a running joke on Crickinfo that every session summary included the words, and Pujara is still in. When one batsman makes 521 runs, and that is almost as many as the next two batsmen put together, and they're both from his team, it means that one batsman has dominated the series and his team has annihilated the opposition. And that really sums up a series in which 2-1 is not a flattering score for India. It underplays the extent of their dominance. So turning now to the ODIs in this packed summer of cricket, India has the most powerful top three in history. We can discuss the merits of Roy Sharma, Shikha Dhawan and Virat Kohli versus Adam Gilchrist, Matthew Hayden and Ricky Ponting another time. They've got a good balanced attack, but what they need to settle before the World Cup is which bowlers to play so they don't lengthen the tail and whether numbers four and five have the right personnel. Ambati Raidu has been penciled in at number four, but he's had a lot of chances without taking them. He's quite a big hitter in IPL, but he only has a strike rate in the mid-70s in ODIs. No one else has taken the chances at four and he's been bedded in based on what is considered his ideal temperament. MS Dhoni is an all-time great who's in decline and no longer has the reflexes to boss the final overs as the ultimate finisher. India's selectors seem to have played their hand and decided on their top six, with Raju Dhoni and Kedar Jadav, who is a round-arm off-break or rounder, at number six. But I would like to see Dhoni at four and number five filled by an exciting stroke player with the ability to play the big shots. I was thinking Shreyas Ayer, but he's not even in the squad. We'll see who's right out of me and the Indian selectors in this series, which is basically a dress rehearsal for the final few spots in India's World Cup Challenge team. Thank you, Jai. Some big calls there that this is the greatest ODI top three in history, B-Train. Jai reckons he's happy to talk about, you know, Gilchrist, 
and the rest are later down the track. I think that's a pretty big call. But given how good the Indian form is at the moment, you've got to say that they're probably going to be right up there. I mean, Virat chasing, holy dooly, but I'm nervous already. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's the best of all time. I, I think um, I think there's a few <laughs> uh, uh, combinations that might uh, give uh, Jai a run for his money there. Um, you know, uh, Gilchrist Warp, Ponting, Gilchrist Hayden, Ponting, uh, two that would come to mind. Um, uh, you know, the the, the top, the, the, bad, the Sri Lankan top we'll order from the late 90s. Uh, you know, both True. options. But, um, you know, hey, no one's arguing that this is one hell of an Indian team. And uh, I'm hoping it'll be a close game today, but I don't, uh, I'm not sure that'll come to fruition. Yeah, you and me both, pal. Um, folks, that's going to about do us. Thank you so much to Jai for an excellent interjection. We'll definitely have him back uh, after the next three ODIs are complete. If you haven't already, go and find us on Facebook. That's two for none on Facebook. You can also uh, follow me on the old Instagram and Twitter. Um, just search for Pat Cullen, Pat Cullen 88. Uh, I'm around. I make those good, good jokes. Chris Barty, thank you so much for your time, big man. Any final thoughts before we sign off? Um, look, if you see a few rogue crickets running around, don't panic. <laughs> don't panic, all right? Just call your local cricket authority. Uh, make sure it's the right one. Because if, if you ring the, the whacker, I'm reliably informed that they don't like that kind of thing. It's the wrong thing. Uh, what you want to ring is the, the CAWA, the Cricket Association of Western Australia, as opposed to the West Australian Cricket Association. <laughs> the People's Front of Judea, not the Judean People's Front, Chris, is very That's important. right. That's right. Um, yeah. Look, and we will have Cricklet next time. Oh, I yeah. I'll read, a, I'll read a book. Um, it's going to be tough, but I'll get. I'll do it. We'll get it I'll done. Do it. Thank you very much, Bardo. You're a legend. And go, those are late. <laughs>